Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. In today's market, potentially I'd be looking at areas that you know, would have that sort of higher blue chip potential, if you will, where people would be earning uh, good incomes and are likely to have high income growth. This is Property Investry, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Jonathan Preston. We'll be starting off with what initially concerned him before he got into property, the benefits of considering blue chip investment properties and how he plans to help others grow their property portfolio. Delving straight into the property side of things, Preston discusses whether or not there were any initial concerns holding him back from property investing. I had some concerns about how smooth it was all going to be. I thought that there were going to be more tenant issues um, than there were. Um, I also thought that, you know, we had had a big run up in property prices, you know, over the last few decades and that the growth rates everyone sort of harped on about, you know, doubling every 10 years and everything were sort of a bit uh, overemphasized and um, I don't know, I, I didn't think it was going to be quite as rosy as everyone who was a property advocate sort of made it out to be. And actually, even today, um, I don't suggest people expect those growth rates. Um, I've talked more about 3 to 5% growth rates uh, being more sustainable over the long term. But if you're leveraged into that investment, like if you're borrowing 80% of it, um, you know, that can still turn into a significant return for you over time. And you've got to look at the total return. So if you're getting 3 or 5% growth, you know, plus the actual rental yield, the total return is not too bad overall. Um, so I, I found that, you know, perhaps people were a bit over um, over eager into property. I, I felt like, you know, there were probably going to be more tenant issues than people talked about. Um, and even my parents cautioned me against buying in not blue chip areas. So I sort of had to go against them uh, a little bit to even buy there. Um, but, you know, once I had the experience behind me, it kind of uh, made me more comfortable and, uh, and um, you know, sort of got rid of my fears, if you will. He goes on to explain which resources pushed him to begin his investing journey and what insight he gained from them in regards to making investment strategies and decisions. 
the book that you know kind of got me started along with a lot of other people is the sort of steve mcknight books there you know also the rich dad poor dad books and everything like this obviously steve mcknight's strategy doesn't really hold up in today's market um you know with serviceability assessments and you know growth rates remaining pretty low in rural areas but there is still i think that the overall concept, you know, there was that if you got yields that were good enough, that the property could uh, sustain itself, and um, you know, over time, you would accrue a large enough asset position, um, even if the growth rate was modest, so that you wouldn't end up being wealthy. I still think that that holds pretty true today. Uh, obviously, today, you know, you would uh, need to settle for lower yields and potentially be a bit negatively geared. But that's the nature of where asset prices are right now. And you could say that, you know, property is overpriced and argue that. But, you know, you need to look at where everything is priced right now. And, you know, we've seen a huge run up in asset uh, prices across almost every asset class, um, you know, since 2009. So it's not that, you know, property is super expensive and everything else is cheap. Um, all growth assets right now, you know, have experienced a huge boom. Um, and so you need to look at it all on a relative basis. So, um, yeah, the books that I highly recommend reading would be Steve McKnight's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, to at least get you started, I guess. And how his father's influence helped unconsciously shape his decision to get into property. Perhaps, you know, my dad always drumming in my ear that, you know, you want to invest all your money in property, maybe something as simple as that. I'm not really sure. I've, I've never put that much thought into the, the specific best advice I've received. But, you know, now that I think about it, maybe maybe he was right on that point. And, and you know, writing that point, I've done pretty well. So I guess I'll give him credit for that. But what type of mindset allowed Preston to grow his portfolio successfully? I'd say kind of always learning and always being open to learning. Uh, I think everyone has like an internal bias and I think you need to be careful um, about like having your mind closed to different things. Uh, I like to think that I will, um, you know, study quite a lot of you know, successful people and read about different investment strategies online. And I like to think that I'll look at it from a, an open mind kind of perspective. And I think that, um, you know, people would do well to, to do that. And I guess that comes back to that point that I sort of believe that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people you can learn from and there's not only one asset class you can sort of make money from. And even on my podcast, you know, I'll often talk about a topic for a while and, you know, perhaps argue a point and then at the end I'll offer a counter argument to what I've just talked about. Um, so I really think that, you know, it's important to be really open-minded, to keep learning and uh, and then over time, you know, um, the things that make the most sense to you and feel most comfortable for you uh, will become evident and then you'll act on them and if they line up properly with your sort of mindset and your risk profile and everything, then you're probably likely to, um, you know, make money out of it but it has to fit with your constitution, if you will, um, to make it actually work uh, for you kind of thing. Talking about his property investing strategy, Preston sheds insights into how the property market influences investment strategies and why other investors should look into it too. I do think that the um, the markets have changed a little bit since 
when I started investing. You know, back then you were able to accumulate things at a much higher yield, and so the initial strategy was to, um, you know, start buying higher yield properties and have them cover themselves, take a bit of equity out, keep expanding on the portfolio. And I think a lot of property investors that you come across these days that have a big portfolio um, utilized a very similar strategy to that. Uh, but in today's market, you know, we've had a real compression of yields. Um, and so in those areas where you were able to get, you know, these seven-ish percent yields, you know, you might be down closer to 4% in today's market. Um, and so that's one thing that I think that has um, sort of changed the dynamic. And so what I've been talking about recently is actually steering a bit more toward the blue chip in today's market because the yield is not that much lower. Um, and as a result, you may be better investing in those higher growth uh, properties because those areas tend to have higher income growth associated with them if they're more blue chip. And as high as people's incomes grow, they can afford to pay more for properties. So actually, um, in the current market, I prefer more blue chip style properties. The other, I guess, uh, factor that you want to juggle here is that you want to have your money more invested in, in higher land value properties. Reason for that being that over time, it's the land value that goes up, you know, the actual building value depreciates over time. Um, and so if you buy something that's, you know, like a studio, you're getting a small amount of land value and a lot of building value and that building value depreciates. But if you're buying like houses or villas, um, you're getting a lot more land value as a component of what you're spending money on. So land value is something I've always preached and that's why I went for that two-bedroom initially because that's the larger so uh, style sort of land value apartments. And then I moved into villas, which are quite heavily land value, but also tend to yield quite a lot better than houses. So I would say current market, you want to buy more prime areas where you still get okay yields that generally sustain the mortgage, uh, but still with a view for, for land value. Um, but you have to, I think, be willing to adjust with the market because uh, as you know, the market changes and yields change over time, uh, your strategy potentially needs to change a little bit as well. He additionally elaborates on the processes he goes through when sourcing potential investment properties and calculating the rental return for his portfolio. I've always just been um, someone who spends a lot of time sort of on realestate.com.au just looking at the different areas and everything like that. Um, I've never really been sort of that big on, you know, using specific resources or anything. I do play around with RP data a little bit and I do read quite a lot of the, um, you know, the, the websites in terms of their news sections and everything like that in terms of, you know, where growth rates are in suburbs and everything like that. You know, when I was buying, I was sort of looking at, uh, the fact that those suburbs north of Mount Druitt were uh, toward the cheaper end and some of the cheapest suburbs in all of Sydney, uh, and yet they were still within Sydney and actually not even on the border of Sydney. So I figured that it was literally a matter of time um, until people moved there out of affordability. And so as a result, the, the prices were inevitably going to grow. But in today's market, potentially I'd be looking at areas that you know, would have that sort of higher blue chip potential, if you will, where people would be earning uh, good incomes and are likely to have high income growth. Um, that's what I'd be looking at at the moment. And, uh, and of course, this puts you at a much higher price point, um, but uh, you will be better, I think, positioned uh, for where we see at least the next five or so years going. 
Um, but again, this all comes back to your strategy too because you need to be comfortable with what you're doing. Some people would be more comfortable being in a high-yield property, in which case you might want to look at the ACT, Queensland, something like this. Um, so you've got to fit the thing sort of for your um, risk profile and circumstances. But personally, I've always just done a lot of reading on the websites and, and sort of made my decisions that way. But how does he overcome situations where targeting high growth properties compromises cash flow and serviceability? Very, very difficult. I mean, we are seeing you know a lot more investors um, moving to use specialist lenders these days. Um, you know, reason for that being that they will still look at other loans repayments. Um, you know, at other at actual repayments with only a minor buffer. So we are finding that more and more investors are having to go to the specialist lender route. Um, but often it makes sense to, you know, pay that little bit more, um, you know, on the actual interest rate and get a high growth property that is going to make a big difference because, you know, if you're buying an asset worth half a million or a million dollars, something like this, you know, a difference in the growth rate of a few percent when you compound that out over 10 or 15 years ends up being a huge amount of uh, difference in equity. So really holding quality assets uh, that are going to keep growing uh, over time is going to yield you the best results. And so, yeah, serviceability most certainly has become uh, more of a challenge. But if we just look at, you know, the difference in between, you know, being in an asset that's toward the fringes, say, of Sydney, that maybe yields you 4% um, versus perhaps being in a more blue chip area that yields you 3 3.5%, there's not that much difference in yield. So you are probably going to be, you know, in a pretty similar position, uh, negatively gearing sort of wise, um, despite, you know, regardless of which property you buy. So that's why in recent times, I lean more toward the blue chip kind of areas. Uh, but if we were to go back, you know, a couple of years, that, that difference in yield was much more substantial. And that's where I feel it made a lot more sense to be, you know, buying out on the fringes as opposed to the more blue chip areas, if that makes sense. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Jonathan Preston's goals for the future. The plan will be to, to keep buying a few more places, uh, but at the moment, I'm actually really focused career-wise. How the mortgage lending business can help other individuals build their portfolios. So what we're seeing really right now is that you know lender policies um, are very different uh, on the inside than they were before, and there's kind of a lot of different things to navigate. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types. One with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Hey podcast listeners, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then register your interest at propertyinvestory.com. 
When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, visit propertyinveststory.com. Now back to the show. Onto the more personal outlook side of things, Preston delves into what sparked his desire to build a portfolio and how he came to be where he is today. When I first started, um, you know, when I was working in financial services, I didn't sort of love my work as much. And so I had that initial goal that I would sort of emancipate yourself uh, from the workforce kind of thing. And and um, the goal was to sort of retire by 30 millionaire and I'd say by the time I got to 30, my equity position was in that region. So you could say that, you know, in some ways I'd succeeded, but uh, the goal kind of changed over time. Uh, and I guess I started to like my work more. I started to question what I was actually going to do with all that time. Um, and I sort of, you know, became more specialized in property and, and loved working with people to actually build their portfolios. So uh, my goal has changed over time. Uh, now I really, really enjoy my work and the plan is to, I guess, uh, you know, enjoy the current life that I have, uh, continue to build wealth and to help, you know, like-minded people uh, on their goals as well. So it certainly has changed over time. I feel very fortunate to be in the current position that I'm in and to work with all the great people that I do. And I guess uh, I guess next steps are to try and get to that truly sort of wealthy level uh, and help a lot of people, uh, you know, get, get there with me kind of thing. Yeah. With so much success up his sleeve, Preston talks about where he was 10 years ago and what advice he would give his younger self in regards to his investing approach. I think I had just started to save a little bit of money then and just started to sort of scale down my lifestyle. Uh, I think when I was 19 or 20, I was uh, I had a bit too much lifestyle leverage. I had a few credit cards. I got out a little car loan. You know, I wasn't heavily in debt. But certainly, you know, I was in a negative equity position for a little while there. And then I sort of, you know, as I kept reading more and more books, I realized that, you know, if I was able to build a a portfolio that grew over time, you know, this was going to be something that would add a lot of wealth on top of, um, you know, the work that I was doing day to day. And so, you know, I paid out the credit card debts and I I paid out my car loan uh, and I got to a position where I had no consumer debt. And then I started to aggressively save money. So perhaps... I should have started on that journey a little bit earlier, uh, but it was somewhere around the early 20s that I did begin on that journey. Um, I think that I was a bit too, uh, you know, I was certainly in a hurry to get wealthy, that was for sure. I remember someone I worked with said he's never met anyone who was in such a hurry to get rich quick. And so perhaps I over leveraged myself in a lot of cases at the beginning before settling into property. And I guess one thing I've said to a lot of people is that. Every time I've tried to get rich overnight, it's never worked. But every time I've set myself up to play the long game, uh, it's always worked out a lot faster than I expected. So interestingly, now I believe more in positioning yourself for the long game and you'd often be surprised about how fast the results turn out. So that's probably what I would, would have said to myself. He also gives us an insight into how his future plan not only consists of expanding his own portfolio, but helping others achieve their own property investing dreams as well. I think it's really working with um, more and more property investors. The plan will be to to keep buying a few more places, 
but at the moment, I'm actually really focused career-wise. Um, I'm hoping to get into the top 100 brokers of the country uh, probably at the end of next financial year. Uh, and so right now, I am working with more and more investors, and uh, there's really a lot of joy in that. Um, so I feel very fortunate uh, that I've been able to, I guess, establish myself a little bit uh, in the property community here and, um, and, and you know, sort of working with these people to help them achieve their goals has been really, really awesome. So uh, that's something that I'm really working on. And I guess over time, if I'm able to really, um, you know, build up the mortgage broking side of things, then that will allow me uh, to really scale out the portfolio because the equity is certainly there. Um but, you know, these days, if you do want to have a, a really big portfolio, you certainly need to show a lot of income. So everything I think is going to line up in time. If I keep delivering, you know, value to other investors, then that's going to uh, work out my own serviceability as well. And then I'll be able to keep adding to the portfolio. So that's, that's kind of the long-term plan at the moment. On another note, Preston also explains exactly how the mortgage lending business can help other individuals build their portfolios. So what we're seeing really right now is that, you know, lender policies um, are very different uh, on the inside than they were before. And there's kind of a lot of different things to navigate. So, you know, if you've got like a partner who's say on maternity leave, then the lenders that you choose there are going to be very different uh, in terms of, you know, using her income and whatnot. Um, another big thing that we're seeing at the moment is the scaling of living expenses is very different between lenders. So, uh, as your income increases with some lenders, their cost of living assessment increases dramatically as well um, versus some lenders will still maintain a modest cost of living assessment even if you are earning a very, very high income. So that's something that's, that's you know, um, you know, very different from lender to lender. And so, you know, when people are at the beginning stages of their portfolio, you know, we sort of navigate these kind of issues. And then when they get toward the more advanced stages in their portfolio, we are using specialist lenders a lot more than before, just because the nature of it is that, you know, with the APRA regulation in place and that 7.25% minimum, um, you know, you do cap out with the banks pretty quickly. Um, but if you are open-minded and willing to use specialist lenders, then we can typically scale out the portfolio quite a lot more. So, um, Definitely really just depends on your circumstances, but the big change in recent times has been that more and more investors are having to use specialist lenders, uh, but I find that the more sophisticated the investor, the bigger their portfolio, the wealthier they are, uh, often the more open-minded they are around financing, um, and they know that over time that it's, a, it's all about you know acquiring and holding the properties and that a bit of finance cost is not the, the end of the world. It really is about holding those assets. So that's the big thing that we are, I guess, seeing in the market at the moment. Finally, having already discussed his achievements and his genuine desire to help others, Preston ends with giving us a scenario of how choosing a mortgage broker can lead to a prosperous outcome for any potential property investor. I really think the big one is, yeah, going to, to specialized lenders because I've got like a lot of people that uh, some of them, they even were with private banking with the banks, you know, where they'd accumulated multi-millions in loans uh, and they often had everything, you know, on interest only um, and, you know, their equity position might be multi-millions. Often these people are earning 200, 250,000 um, and then they say, you know, like, look, you actually look at my actual cash flow. It's it's in a very strong position. You know, I'm a multi-millionaire um, and, and it's just about, you know, getting them that comfort that, you know, 
we have to now go to a specialist lender because they don't service anymore um, with a mainstream lender because of the APRA regulation and they need to be comfortable paying a little bit higher on the rate. Um, but the nature of it is that we haven't seen these lenders uh, hiking interest rates up, which is a lot of people's concern when they're going with a non-bank lender that uh, you know, rates are going to get, uh, you know, hyped up as soon as they enter into the product. Um, but, you know, I haven't seen that actually be the case. So, you know, I've kind of got a lot of scenarios where I'm, you know, moving people with multi-million dollar properties uh, where we would, you know, take one or, or, you know, one or two properties or perhaps a property in some equity uh, and then allow them to scale out a few additional properties with specialist lenders. So that's really kind of the theme that, that we're seeing for investors uh, at, at this very moment. And for those who are looking to get in contact with Jonathan Preston, you can reach him via Always welcome to give me a buzz on my mobile 0423-475-336. You can also email me jp at australianpropertypodcast.com.au and if you're not sick of my voice already, then uh, don't hesitate to check out the Australian Property Podcast as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what kind of topics that you cover on the Australian Property Podcast as well? So quite a bit just about uh, investing in general. Um, we cover very specific, you know, property topics in a lot of cases, but I also do quite a lot of sort of macro level stuff, um, you know, a bit of economic stuff and uh, do share a bit of my financial planning background there as well. So try and educate you a little bit in terms of, um, you know, how a financial advisor would look at your circumstances, what they'd potentially recommend for you. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully some people see some value in, in that topic as well. Thank you to Jonathan Preston, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Also, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to register your interest. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, text me your email address on 0499881040. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply.